Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby at Save the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the candle, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't gonna tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. Whenever I was little, you know, we, we didn't have this social media like kids do today. You know, th- this was back whenever uh, you were high-tech if you had a push-button phone that, you know, uh, the, I remember the first cordless phones. They had an antenna on them about that long that we used as swords. And um, so we, we spent a lot of time outside. I have a little brother that's four years younger than me. And so one day we went out in the backyard and we was sighting in our BB guns. And from about 30 yards, man, we was deadly with these two BB guns. Now, one of them, one of these BB guns was one of those that, you know, you kind of poured it in there and you just cocked it once and you were ready to fire, right? Now, the other one, the other one was one of these jabbers. Whack, 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 whack. It's like, you know, you had a 30 6 by the time you got done. You know what I mean? And so, anyway, we was sighting in these BB guns because what else are you going to do and everything? And so, we had set us up a TV tray and a little lawn chair in the middle of the yard, and we shooting at the fence right there and had us a little target, and we was kind of having fun. And that didn't last, you know, a, a long time, you know, because you kind of get bored shooting at paper. <laughs> I had a bright idea. Y'all want to hear it? <laughs> I said, Jason. He's like, yeah. I said, how about me and you have a BB gun fight? He said, okay. I said, all right, here, here, here's the deal. Number one, you can't shoot each other in the face, okay? He said, all right. And I said, now, because I'm the big brother, I'm going to let you choose. You can have this TV tray that's out in the open, out here in the middle of the yard, or you can hide behind the edge of the house, well, he didn't take long to look at that, and he's like, I'll take, I'll take the edge of the house. I, I'm not sitting out here in the wide open. I was like, all right, which gun do you want? He said, I want the 30 yacht 6 I said, all right, I'll take the little one-pump deal. It had peep sights on it, right? So I get my lawn chair, and I aim it towards the edge of the house, and I just get down like a sniper. And every time he sticks his head out, I whack! <laughs> So he'd stick out, what? Ah! It didn't really hurt that bad, right? You know? He's like, ah, you got me. You okay? Yeah. What? Ah! You got me again. You okay? Yeah. <laughs> After about the third time I shot him in the shoulder, he said, this isn't fair. Like, you chose the gun, you chose the location. Don't accuse me. Of it not being fair. I laughed. I stepped aside and let him choose his weapon. I stepped aside and let him choose his location. Today we're going to continue our study on four steps to getting legged up for a fantastic future. And we're going through the life of Abraham. Now it's not, we're not hitting every single thing that that happened to Abraham. We're just kind of hitting some highlights in here. And and last week, we talked about how Abraham, the first step in getting legged up for a fantastic future, God promised him a fantastic future and said, hey, depart from where you're at and go to the land that I show you, and I will make your descendants more numerous than the stars in the sky. And he made him this big promise. So Abraham and, and his nephew Lot 
they gathered up their belongings and they and they headed they headed west, right? Into the land of Canaan. And then today we're going to talk about Abraham or Abram is his name now. We will learn later that his name God changes his name to Abraham, but right now his name is Abram. And um, so Abram and Lot have got to the, you know, to the Canaan, to the what it what will one day be Israel. They're not calling it that right now. And so they are there, and, and they, these fellers are, are pretty well off. Okay, now now I, I believe that there's a reason for that. Now, I, I'm, I'm not saying that this happens to everybody, but I think it happened to Abram, is that, you know, man, when you step out and you start following God, God, God starts blessing you, okay? But that doesn't mean that just because God's blessing you that there won't be some, some uh, maybe some problems down the road, okay? I always say that, that life is hard. There's nothing that we can do to change that. There are self-help books, it's a billion dollar industry, and there's all this stuff that, that tries to make our lives easy. Your life will never be easy. Your life will always be hard, but that doesn't mean that we, we, can, that we have to make it difficult, okay? And so, anyway, life is still hard, even when Abram and Lot, when, when they go to Canaan, their, their lives are, it's not all easy, okay? And, and we read in... in in uh, Genesis chapter 13, verses 8 and 9. See, they, they get there, and, and they, they got, man, they're doing good. Now, they, these are shepherds, okay? They, they got them some cattle. They got them some, I don't know if they got cattle, but they got livestock, okay? Well, they, they got so much livestock that they got more livestock, you know, their, their animal units are, are too high, okay, for the country they're running in. And so what happens is Lot is wealthy, his uncle Abram is wealthy. They've got all of this stuff, and they're trying to run on the same spread of land, and there's tensions arising, okay? So Lot's cowboys are getting mad at Abram's cowboys, and Abram's cowboys are getting mad at Lot's cowboys, and everybody's fighting over the best grass and everything. So, so we've got a wreck brewing, okay? We've got a wreck brewing. Finally, in verse 8, Genesis chapter 13, finally... I always love it when the Bible, when the Bible says, finally. <laughs> That's the story of my life. Well, finally, I kept my mouth shut, <laughs> you know. Finally, so, so you see when the Bible says, finally, that this has been going on a while, okay. Finally, Abram said to Lot, let's not allow this conflict to come between us or our herdsmen. After all, are we not close relatives? The whole countryside is open to you. Take your choice of any section of the land you want, and we will separate. If you want the land to the left, then I'll take the land to the right. If you prefer the land on the right, then I'll go to the left. Okay? Well, there's a valuable lesson to being learned right here. Okay? Abram is, is the guy that God has called... He, he is who God said, I will make your descendants more numerous than the stars in the sky and, and more, more than the sand in, on the beaches. And I mean, all of the promises God has made. He's, made a, he's making a covenant with Abram, okay? Not with Lot, with Abram. But what does Abram do? Abram steps aside and becomes a bigger man. Okay, and, and that's what today's message is all about. Getting legged up for a fantastic future, just like God told Abram, hey man, if you'll, if you'll leave and you'll go out, 
to this land that I'm going to show you. I'm going to make, I'm going to make you this promise, and I've never gone back on one of my promises. So Abram did that. He stepped out of his comfort zone and traveled to a land he'd never been to before. That's step number one of getting legged up for a fantastic future. Step number two is sometimes after we step out of our comfort zone, sometimes we've got to step aside. Step aside. How do we do that? And that, that, that's kind of where that humility comes in. It's where that humility comes in. And you know, man, pride is a big thing. A- Abram, think of how many things Abram could have said. Well, I'm the boss here. I'm the one that brought you out here. I got more goats than you do. I got more sheep than you do. And, you know, blah. there's a hundred different things that Abram could have done. He could have told his cowboys, well, next time somebody pops off, why don't you just punch him in the mouth or something? You know, there, there's a thousand things that could have, been, could have happened. But what did Abram do? He went and he said, said to Lot, let's not allow this conflict to come between us or our herdsmen. Pick, pick where you want to go. If you go to the right, I'll go to the left. If you go to the left, I'll go to the right. Abram stepped aside and took the role of the bigger man. There's three things that we can learn from this. Number one, he took initiative in resolving conflicts. How many times do we know that there's a conflict or we think there's a conflict and we sit there, well, if they want to get it straightened out with me, they'll come to me. See, Abram didn't do that. He took the initiative. He saw that a conflict was building and so he went to cut it off at the proverbial pass. Okay? So number one, he took initiative in resolving the conflict. When we step aside and be the bigger man, we let others have the first choice. We don't claim something for our, well, well, I'm this, so I should choose first. Man, how about just saying, you know what, do whatever you want to do. I'll give you the choice. That, that's being a bigger man. You, you want the side of the house or you want the TV tray, okay? You want the 30-06 or the Red Rider. Give somebody a choice. And finally, number three, family peace above personal desires. How much of our family peace is disrupted by personal desires. Well, I think this. Well, I think that. I think this. Well, you did this, and I did that. And it just gets into a wreck, don't it? And my household is not exempt from that. So don't think, that preacher just talking to me and nobody else. No, I I get it, man. we, We need a mirror that needs to go right here whenever I preach on some of this stuff. So... Family peace above personal desire. That's what it means to step aside and be the bigger man. That's what we can learn from Abram whenever he's dealing with Lot. But the story continues. In verse 10, let's take a look at, look at what the Bible says here. Because see, Lot's fixing to choose the side of the house. Okay, Lot took a long look. Okay, Now imagine, now you've got two big old outfits sharing a all right, Israel ain't very big, right? Or Canaan's not very big, but it's a land flowing with milk and honey. There's, there's, there's a lot of good stuff there, right? Lot took a long look at the fertile plains of the Jordan Valley in the direction of Zoar. The whole area was well watered everywhere, like the garden of the Lord or the beautiful land of Egypt. Lot chose for himself the whole Jordan Valley to the east of them. Mighty kind of him, wasn't it? <laughs> well, let's see. Here's a desert right there and then look at this over here what does he do lot chose for himself those are three really huge words lot 
chose for himself the whole Jordan Valley to the east of them. He went there with his flocks and servants and parted company with his uncle Abram. So Abram settled in the land of Canaan, and Lot moved his tents to a place near, a place called Sodom, and settled among the cities of the plain. But the people of this area were extremely wicked and constantly sinned against the Lord. We're talking today about stepping aside to getting legged up for a fantastic future. And legged up means to prepare ourselves for that fantastic future that God said that he has planned for us. And then I'm not talking to that person sitting beside you or behind you or in front of you or, or three rows over. Uh, God said through Jeremiah the prophet, he said, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans for good, not for evil. Plans for prosper. Okay. Sometimes we got to step aside because life isn't fair. You, you think about that. Abram's being the bigger man already. He's resolving the conflict. He's choosing family peace over personal desire. He's letting Lot have the, have the, have the uh, you know, first choice. And what does Lot do? He says, man, I'll take this good area right here, man. I can, I can feed ten times what I'm feeding you know, right here. I'm, I mean, he's seeing dollar signs, right? But the people of the, this area were extremely wicked and constantly sinned against the Lord. We know life isn't fair, but you know what we do? We make life difficult. Life is hard, but we make it more difficult because if I was to ask every single one of you here today, listening online, watching on live stream, listening on the radio, hey, is life fair? Every single one of you would say no, but you expect that for your life. Well, that's not fair, <laughs> and, and, and I, I, I go through it too. I mean, if you, if you want to know, come tell me, I, or come talk to me. I'll tell you how all the time I battle with, well, that's not fair. And I know it's not fair, and I make life difficult. But you know what? You, sometimes you've got to step aside because life isn't fair. Lot's choice caused many problems. It wasn't fair on, 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 the, on the physical side of it. Man, he, he took the T-bone and left him with the, you know, tomato couldn't think of anything worse than that so lot's choice caused many problems because number one he chose the green grass by the septic tank and that's what it was man he looked over there and said "Woo! look at all that green grass for my for my goats and my sheep my cattle and my camels and my whatever else they had i don't know llamas so they scare me alpacas do too y'all brave people that raise them things but anyway so he chose that green grass, but unfortunately, that green grass was growing there because it, boy, it was right beside the septic tank of Sodom and Gomorrah. And number two, we already kind of alluded to this, Lot chose for himself. Lot chose for himself instead of asking God to choose for him. What should Lot have done? You know, I bet if Lot had to do over again, and we're not going to go through this in this series, but if you don't know the story, Sodom and Gomorrah end up getting destroyed by the Lord and Lot and his family are allowed to leave, but the angel of the Lord said, don't turn around and look. And Lot's wife turns around and looks, and she's turned to a pillar of salt. So Lot's choice right here, I think if he had to go back and do it over again, you know what I think Lot would do? He'd say, no, Abram, you know what? You're right, buddy. I'm going to follow your wisdom because I followed you all the way from the land of Ur all the way out here. You're the older, you're the wiser. God is blessing you. You go where you want, and I'll go the other way. Man, how Lot's life would have changed if he wouldn't have chose for himself. How do we step aside 
Sometimes we've got to be the bigger man. Sometimes we've got to be the bigger man. We've got to go resolve the conflict before it escalates. You know, sometimes we've got to uh, let others have the first choice. Sometimes we've got to put, mo- all the time we need to put family peace over personal desire. And then we've got to step aside because life isn't fair. I-, I get it. Life isn't fair. And the third thing, let's continue on. In verse 14, after Lot had gone... The Lord said to Abram, look as far as you can see in every direction. Now, I need you to see something right here. In the very beginning last week, we talked about how God talked to Abram and said, go to this land and I will make you the father of my my nation, basically. That was the only time that God took the initiative. The rest of the time that God talks to Abram, it's always after Abram did something that proved he was following God. Abram stepped aside. His nephew chose the prime cuts after Lot had gone. Not while Lot was still there. After Lot had gone, the Lord said to Abram, look as far as you can see in every direction, north and south, east and west. I'm giving all of this land as far as you can see to you and your descendants as a permanent possession. And I will give you so many descendants that like the dust of the earth, they cannot be counted. Go and walk through the land in every direction, for I am giving it to you. Man, Abram is getting legged up for a fantastic future. The father of the nation of Israel to be honored among all generations because he's being honored by God. But Abram is doing his part. He is getting spiritually legged up. He's already done step one and he stepped out of his comfort zone. And you need to step out of your comfort zone because you are never going to arrive in the land that God has provided for you while you are in your comfort zone. Choose this day whom you will follow. You can stay in your comfort zone, and you're going to keep getting what you've always got. And unfortunately, there's some poor, uh, there, there's a lot of you that are so poor that you have a lot of money and possessions, and that is good enough for you, and you're going to stay right there instead of saying, you know what, none of that means anything because God said he had something better for me, and so I'll leave all of that behind. Now, those, those of us that ain't got squat, it's a little easier for us to leave our comfort zone because there's not much there, okay? But still, you want to step out of your comfort zone, and then you need to step aside. Man, that pride out of the way. Show humility. Don't always think about yourself. When Abram stepped aside, he wasn't just given the land. The land represented God's blessing. Okay, because we read this and we keep thinking he's talking about land. And he is talking about land. But when he says, to the north, to the south, to the east, to the west, I am giving it to you. What did he say? Uh, Go and walk the land in every direction. I'm giving it to you as a permanent possession. You know what that land stood for? God's blessing. God's blessing. It's not about the dirt. It's about God being there. It's about God's blessing. When he said, go to the north, south, east, and west, and this is my, just to put it in a way that we can understand what God's saying. The Bible doesn't say this. This is just my interpretation, okay? North, God wants to bless your hooves. In other words, everywhere you go, God wants to be there. 
See, a lot of people, the question that I get asked the most is, what does God want me to do? He doesn't care what you do. He wants you to have a personal relationship with him. And when you are legged up and you have stepped out of your comfort zone, when you started stepping aside and not thinking of yourself all the time, then it doesn't matter where you go, God's going to be there. And that's where the blessing comes from, is being near God, not a physical location. So when God tells Abram, he says, Um, look as far as you can see in every direction, north and south, east and west. I'm giving all this land as far as you can see to you and your descendants as a permanent possession. Go and walk through the land in every direction, for I'm giving it to you. That's a representation of God's blessing. He wants to bless your hooves. Where you ride, he wants to bless you. And it doesn't matter if you pick the fertile Jordan Valley to raise your cattle in, or you go to the deserts like Abram's fixing to do. He's fixing to go over here where there's not much grass, and God continues to bless him and to raise him up and do things. He's ten times better off in the desert than the lush valley. Why? Because that's where God is. And that's what God wants for you. He wants you to get lagged up so that you can get close to him, not so that you can receive his blessing. He's going to bless you when all the the only thing that you want is to get close to him. And that's what Abram wanted. And he displayed it through his actions. North, he wants to bless your hooves where you go. South, he wants to bless your hands, which you do. God wants to bless everything that you do so that you can bring glory to him. So that people can walk up to you and say, what do you have that I don't have? And you can say, man, I've got a personal relationship with God. And this, Sure, you, you might be able to see a lot of the fruit that comes from that, but really, the only thing I care about is having that relationship with God in my life. That's what he wants for you. He wants to bless your hooves. Wherever you go, he wants to bless you. But you're going to have to get legged up to do it. And you're going to have to step out of your comfort zone. And you're going to have to step aside and let your pride go another direction in order to do that. God wants to bless your hooves. He wants to bless your hands. He wants to bless your heart. And I'm not talking about the way we usually use that. Well, bless their heart. That's not what I mean. That's usually Christian code word for they're stupid. Okay? Well, bless their heart. It's the opposite effect, right? You all know it. I ain't telling you something you don't know. But God does want to bless your heart in the way that God does, not the way we use it. He wants to, he wants to bless how you feel. He wants, to, he wants to open up that heart of yours where you are able to love others as Christ loves us. As a matter of fact, he wants to bless your heart. He wants you to be able to love yourself as much as he loves you. The answers are here. God is giving you the answers today. The answers are simple. I never said the answers were easy. I said the answers were simple. God wants to bless you so that he can be glorified. He wants to bless where you go. He wants to bless what you do. And he wants to bless your heart where you can feel what he feels for you. He wants you to be able to, to, you know, I've had this conversation with people. They say, well, I'll never put God in front of my own kids. Well, see, what you don't understand is the amount that you put God, that's the limit on how much you can love your kids. So if this is how much you love God, this is all you're going to be able to love kids. But when you start putting God first in your life, putting nobody else before it, you raise that level up here. Well, guess what? This level gets to come up so you can actually love your kids more by putting God first than the other way around. Because otherwise... Where you put God in your life, that's the limit on everything in your entire life. 
You want to know why you feel stuck is because that limiter right here of how much you love God and how much you understand that he loves you is limiting everything that you do. And God wants to give you a new direction, a new path, a new purpose so that you can go out and blow limits off of everything. And it's not just available to Abram. It's not just available to David or to Paul or to Peter or to Kevin or to Ty. It's available to you. God wants to bless your hooves. He wants to bless your hands. He wants to bless your heart. And he wants to bless your old brain pan. He wants to bless your head. He wants to change the way you think about things. Instead of keeping those old eyes on all that this world has to offer, he says, man, would you be willing to trade everything that this world has to offer for what I hold right here? The same God that ignited the fire in a billion stars says, I want to bless you and I have the power to do it. And all you have to do is step out of your comfort zone. All you have to do is step aside and lead, let that pride go on by. Put others you know, in front of yourself. Give somebody a place in line. Give somebody the benefit of the doubt. Give somebody a break. Love others as much as you love yourself and love yourself as much as God loves yourself and you'll see a change that you never imagined possible and you will be getting close to that fantastic future that God has told you about. God wants to bless where you ride, what you do, what you feel, what you think. He wants to bless your hooves. He wants to bless your hands. He wants to bless your heart and he wants to bless your head. He wants to give you wisdom so that when you make a decision, it's the right one. All you got to do is step up or step out and step aside. I got to feeling sorry for my little brother because I was tearing him up. Ah! So I thought, I'll give him one shot. I'll give him one shot. So I have my old, my old cowboy hat on, right? And so I'm leaning there at the TV tray, and I'm dialed in. I ain't going to let him know I'm going to give him a shot, but I duck my head just in case because he's mad, right? And he fires, and he misses, and God says, give him one more shot. I'm like, I gave him one shot, God, and he wasted it. He's like, you've wasted a million of them. Give him one more shot. Yes, sir. And in the background, I could hear, whack, 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 whack. Because it's getting harder, right? Whack, whack. And I'm like, oh, God, I hope he misses. But I'm going to give it to him, God. I'm going to give him that shot. He peeks around and he peeks back. And he can see that I got my head down. He's going to take his shot. He leans out. And kids, do not try this at home. Okay? Everything I'm saying, I'm warning you, do not try this at home. Especially you, Jay Shray. So he's down like this. And he aims. And he fires. And I scream. Because the biggest target he had was right here. It went through my Wrangler jeans. And I had to get a pair of tweezers and do a surgical procedure in the nether region to get that baby out of my thigh. I learned a very, very valuable lesson that day. Never give him another shot. Speaking of my brother... There was, a, there was a brief moment in time that my brother had a temporary lapse in sanity and wanted to be a bull rider, okay? He wanted to be a bull rider, so we went to this, 
practice arena where you could pay somebody 20 bucks to be stupid. We're going to start that ministry real soon. Get your $20 bills ready, and we're going to bring you out, let you be stupid, and we're going to take your money. It's a great business plan. So anyway, I, I get up there, and, and, and I'm, I'm pulling his rope, and I'm on the inside of the arena, and I'm pulling it up, and you know he's taking it over here, or maybe it's over here, I don't remember. Anyway, he puts it through, and he comes around, right? He comes around and stucks it in a finger, right? He's taking like a suicide rap or something because he's serious about being a bull rider. I'm like, you sure about that? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'll tell mom, you know. <laughs> so I pulled his rope, and I watched him get ready, and he kind of slid up there, and he's turning his toes out. Told him, I said, slide and ride, buddy. About 10 seconds later, my brother's in serious trouble. And that's where God stepped in. And that's where we'll pick up next week. And I'll tell you what happened. Let's go to God in prayer. God, there is no one but you. Help us to get spiritually legged up for the fantastic future you have planned for each of us. God, the ride ahead will take us places we've never been. We will see things that we would have never have seen. And we will experience the majesty not only the sights and sounds and travels, but most importantly, we get to experience you. God, some of these people are tired of the same old boring lives, and their souls know that they were born for the adventure of following you. God, help them give their lives to your son, because that's the only way they can get saddled up and begin a real ride for which they were made for. And it is in that man's name, Jesus, that we pray. Amen. Hey, cowboys and cowgirls, we're super excited to be giving away a chance at a brand new one-of-a-kind custom Save the Cowboy jacket. It's our way of saying thank you to all of our recurring gift givers. To enter, simply go to savethecowboy.com and click on Donate and set up a recurring gift of any amount. You can even enter by texting Save the Cowboy to 77977 and you can be set up in less than a minute. Remember, this is only for recurring gifts. You will receive one entry for every $10, so a gift of $50 will get you five chances and $100 will get you 10. Drawing will be held on March 1st, 2017. For Save the Cowboy, this is Kevin Weatherby. I'll see you next time.